You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to all our listeners to the 49th episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on the Pet Life Radio Network. We are the unique Pet Life Radio program that is created for animal lovers everywhere. Each episode is dedicated to an awesome animal advocate whose work helps improve or save the lives of animals and makes our planet a better place. I'm Keith Sanderson, creator and host of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, award-winning writer, animal expert, and the sidekick of Max A. Pooch, the canine champion for animals and the environment. Our guest today is Val Silver. Val is a reading teacher who lives in northern New York State with her husband, Abishan Shizu Mix, Teddy. Val is also the author of the book, Rescue Me. Rescue Me is an anthology of 12 true stories of rescue dogs and the humans these dogs ended up rescuing. Before we meet Val, we need to take a break to bring you these words from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest today is Val Silver, author of the compelling book about rescue dogs and the humans who rescued them, titled Rescue Me. Welcome, Val. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Keith. Glad to be here. I'm really glad you came on because, Val, I knew we were kindred spirits when I read what you said about the humans featured in Rescue Me. To paraphrase you, you said these humans rescued dogs, but had no idea the dogs would rescue them. I can relate to that with Maxi Pooch. When I found him, I was a cancer survivor who had lost his job and was suffering from chronic depression. I had no idea Max would not only rescue me, he'd repurpose me. Do you think that's a common occurrence when people adopt a rescue dog? I do. I think, you know, it's common with any dog we bring in our life, however they come to us. But there's something special with our relationship with rescue dogs. As Letha put it in her story, she said, they are so grateful and they appreciate what we've done and they know it. And I think our knowing that we save them just creates a very special bond 
with them. And sometimes when we know their stories, which unfortunately aren't always very happy stories before they came to us, those things that happen to them bring up things in us. You know, I'm thinking of Patty and her story about Susie, who she believed was a puppy mill mama. And she talks about how she she was affected by what she knew happened to Susie and how it brought up some things from her past that she was able to heal. So, yes, definitely. They save us and we save them. You know, I, I totally agree with that. I, you know, I knew quite a bit about Max A. Pooch's past. He'd been uh, turned in at six months of age to animal control. And that really did impact me. And I find Rescue Me a bittersweet and wonderfully compelling book. Can you briefly uh, share with our listeners a taste, telling us a little bit about another story in, in Rescue Me? Sure. There are several senior stories in Rescue Me, and I did that on purpose because I wanted people to really see that adopting senior dogs is is a viable, wonderful option. And one of those dogs was a little French bulldog, Yoda. And Frenchies have a special place in my heart. Yoda came to Faith by way of Portsmouth Humane Society, which is a no-kill facility. And he was eight years old when they found him as a stray, emaciated and sick with kennel cough, which is perfectly healable. But she met him at the Puppy Palooza of all places when he was visiting there with his foster mom. And she instantly fell in love with him and took him home. And, you know, he filled her empty nest. She was a a real caretaker by nature, and her children had grown, and she didn't have any more pets. And she just longed for that relationship with a dog. And to see the two of them together in the photos, you just know it's, it's love both ways. That's interesting, because I think a lot of empty nesters find if they rescue a dog that they they feel differently towards it perhaps than if they had a dog when at another earlier stage of their lives just because they have more time and the dog is also filling a void in their lives would you agree yeah with he's that? like her baby you know she dresses him up with his little outfits for halloween or christmas and oh they just snuggle you know i love to see the pictures of them together Wow. Hey, uh, now, are the stories about just people and dogs in northern New York, or are these stories, uh, did you gather them from all parts of the United States? They've come from all different places. I put out a call on Facebook for stories, and there's actually three people in the Portsmouth, Virginia area, Colorado, California, two from New York, including me, uh, one from New Jersey, Georgia. So really a little smattering from around the country. Did you use any other uh, resource besides Facebook to find the stories? Pretty much it was through Facebook and, and a few people that I knew. Uh, My sister shared a story, and one of my local friends had shared a story that was Juju's story about the little dog that, you know, came in all smelly and dirty from at the vet. So a little bit of both. Wow. How long did this project take you, Val? Well, (laughs) if you count the six months that I procrastinated before I actually started writing, it took about a year and a half from the time that I felt inspired to write until the time that the book was published. But about a year of actual writing time. Well, you know, I think procrastination is... uh is a hallmark of a writer. I mean, it's, 
you know, it's, uh, well, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. And uh, one never gets to it. I have a friend who, who wrote a historical a brief history on an episode of uh, Theodore Roosevelt's life. And the procrastination took him far longer than the writing did. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. You know, I, I'm wondering, you know, we're talking about rescue dogs. Uh, what could people do to help them? There's so many things they can do. Of course, adopting is is a wonderful option. If they can't make that long-term commitment to adopting, they can foster a dog for a week or two or go in and volunteer to walk the dogs, play with the dogs. Even now, they have programs where people can read books to dogs. Groups of people get together to knit blankets or sew blankets. So, you know, if you're looking for some socializing or something to do in your handy. Those are some helpful things. If you don't want to leave your computer, you can sign petitions and, you know, repost when you see rescuers asking for help with different things. Some people transport dogs from one facility to, say, a rescue or even to adoption if they're going across states. People do legs of trips. There's really so many things. I encourage people to get involved locally at their shelter or rescue. You know, find one that they like, find one that they feel is, you know, reliable and trustworthy and give them a call. Say, what kind of help do you need? You know, money is always needed. Money is always good, right? Right. Right. Hey, Val, we need to take a break right now to hear from our sponsors, but we'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Hey there, pet parents. This is Christy Vaughn, host of The Doggy Dish. Do you love your furry companion? Do you love making him or her healthy treats but can't seem to find the time? Great news. The Doggy Dish is the perfect show for you. Every episode is chock full of healthy and easy recipes that are made with ingredients you most likely have on hand. Tune into the Doggy Dish for yummy and healthy recipes for your canine kids. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Maxi Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest is Val Silver, author of the book Rescue Me. We were just talking about what people could do to help rescue organizations, in addition to, of course, adopting dogs. And Val was giving us some ideas. Do you have any other thoughts on that subject, Val? Well, I'll tell you, one of something I do every single day is I go to the animalrescuesite.com. And I click on where it says give free food and care. And when you click on that button, 
you're actually making it possible for a shelter to get a third of a pound of, of either dog food, cat food, rabbit food. I mean, it just helps all different kinds of animals. And it doesn't cost a cent because and it's all done through sponsorship. So I encourage people to get that reminder in their email every day. And it takes less than 30 seconds every morning for me to do that good deed. Start and my what, day off right. And what's the name of the website again? It's theanimalrescuesite.com. Okay, that's great advice. And something else, and I, I guess I'm guilty of it, is that I was a writer and, and a marketer. And, and so I use the skills I have, even though at first glance, I said, what could I do to help rescues? And I think sometimes people forget that it takes a myriad of skills to help a rescue organization, a local one, rescue the animals that uh, come under their care. Would you say that's true? I would, because they even need office help. That's a good point. You know, they even need office help, help with filing papers or making copies. Um, you know, people have grooming or even haircutting skills. They can, you know, help bathe dogs or, or give them haircuts, make them look pretty for when people are coming to adopt. So just about anything people can do to help is always welcome. Boy, I bet you that's an important one because sometimes those dogs... When they get them, their fur is so matted, and and it really takes an expert to get them cleaned up and and not only presentable, but so they're healthy and comfortable rather than being bogged down with all that fur and dirt and everything. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, that's what happened with my teddy that came to us as a foster dog who we adopted. So we call him our foster failure. He was so matted and dirty, he actually had maggots crawling on him and he couldn't even use the bathroom his hair was so matted so the first Uh, thing that he needed to do was go to a groomer who volunteers his services for the SPCA and he was clipped right down and it's just as cute as a button after that (laughs) (laughs) hey you know you were telling us and sharing with us your favorite story but you know mine was about the beagle Lolly who lost her jawbone. You know, there's just something about thinking about her. It really touched me. And I guess one reason it did is because I had a beagle named Mitzi when I was a child. Can you tell us a little bit more of her story? Yes. Lolly's our cover girl, by the way, on the book. So just so people know when they, when they see the picture, that's Lolly. She came into the shelter with a mangled jaw. She actually had her jawbone when her owner brought her in, but it had been hanging like that for a few months. He thought it would heal by itself. Finally realizing it wouldn't, he brought her into the shelter and they called Carol because they knew she had a heart for dogs like that. So she came, I think she had to drive a few hours to pick Lolly up. And after that, there was several surgeries trying to save her job, but it really wasn't savable. And they decided the kindest thing to do would be to just remove it. And that turned out to be a great decision because after that, Lolly blossomed and just had a wonderful life. And Carol hand-fed her for years, her little soft dog food that she says went down like a glonk, a glonk. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, <laughs> as she tried to, you know, slurp that food in because she had, you know, imagine trying to eat without your bottom jaw. Do they have so, any idea how the jaw got broken or? No. If the man said, I, I don't know, I'd never heard that part of the story so I I don't think they know she must have pulled it on something I would think maybe got it caught on a kennel or something I really don't know but he just left it thinking it'd heal itself yeah (laughs) oh I sort of don't think he would have done that with his own jawbone I don't think so (laughs) and one thing Carol says in her story is that she was amazed that Lolly just 
wasn't shot, which, you know, was common practice. I think she might have come from the South when Carol had lived in Virginia. And she said, I think it was her eyes. She said there was something about her eyes, and, and you can see that when you see her picture, that even at the shelter, they didn't want to put her to sleep. Wow. And, you know, it turned out she lived several good years after that. And it just goes to show that, you know, so many of these dogs are savable and can have a wonderful life if they just get the care and attention that they need. Somebody who will step up and take care of them. Can you uh, maybe share with us how one of the uh, people in your book, how their lives were changed because of the dog they rescued? Sure. One of those dogs was my own. I'll share my story of Duke. I have two stories in the book. And one of those was a dog that we rescued. It came to our house in my son's newspaper sack and ended up living with us for 15 years. He was the most compassionate, loving dog, even to our French bulldog, who was very selfish, if I don't say so myself, and demanding. And he really taught me that, you know, sometimes you just have to show some compassion, even when the person doesn't seem to deserve it. And when I think about maybe copying an attitude with somebody and not going that extra step to forgive them or show them a kindness, I think of Duke and how he always shared his toys with Louie, even though he knew Louie would take the toy away. Or, you know, just, he was just a loving, good, wise soul. Just a mellow guy, huh? Yeah. I mean, there was one time, I'll never forget, He Louis was watching from the shore. Louis couldn't swim at all. Duke was a great swimmer. And I threw the stick a little too far for Louis. And so Duke commanded both sticks. And he looked and he saw Louis looking and watching. And I kid you not, he took the stick in his mouth and pushed it towards shore so Louis could get it. Oh, that's really, really touching. And yeah. can you tell us what your mission was when you wrote Rescue Me? Yes, I had, I would say, three missions, if you would. One was to raise money for dogs and shelters and rescues. And my desire was really to raise a significant amount of money so that the donations could be used to make changes in the facilities that would help help the dogs, really help them and help the rescuers because they're just... The cry for funds is never-ending. You know, I just wanted to make their life a little bit easier as a thank you for all they do. I wanted people to see that shelter dogs are very adoptable, and they make wonderful pets. They're grateful. They, you know, they do bond with you even when they're older. And third, I was hoping that people would be inspired to, you know, make a lifelong commitment to their dogs or, you know, their cats, whatever pets they have, and, you know, step up and be loving, responsible guardians, just as the people in our stories are. That's great. You talk about the rescue dogs. And uh, Max, he was a project dog and probably a good dog for an empty nester like my wife and I, because... He was a six-month-old lab, no training, nothing. If you worked or had a family, might not have been able to spend the time with him that, that he took. He became a good dog. And I realized, you know, that's why sometimes you see these dogs back in the uh, rescue or shelter again is because people with a good heart take them home, but it just doesn't work out for some reason. There was, coincidentally, uh, a year later, there was a... Uh, black lab at the same uh, 
shelter named Maxine, and she <sighs> told me she had been there three times already. And her story was similar. She was energetic, had no training, and the people who, who adopted her just couldn't handle her, and, and they just weren't the right type for her. So would you suggest that you really take a good look at what you, you may adopt before, before you take the dog home? Absolutely. I think it's very wise to to be aware of how big the dog is going to get, you know, what it's going to cost to feed them, what responsibilities, what their personalities are like. I had stopped in the pet store who unfortunately sells puppies and asked them what type of dogs they sold the most. And she said, oh, big dogs by far. Of course, they're puppies, so they're little, but they're big dog puppies. And, of course, if you look in the shelters, what kind of dogs do you see there? Big dogs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, people really need to be aware of what they're getting into and, and match their personality, their lifestyles with the type of dogs that they're getting. Now, where can I purchase the book? Rescue Me is available through all booksellers like Amazon, Barnes & Noble. People can also get it on my website. If they want an autographed copy, that's a great place to go because I do send out autographed copies. So, yeah, it's tapinfinity.com, and they'll see where it says Rescue Me, or they can go tapinfinity.com slash rescue-me, and that would get them to the sales page as well. And on that webpage, there's also videos and audios they can listen to. When I, I had taped some of the stories before I wrote them, so people could listen to my interview with the people who wrote the stories. Now, you said the uh, proceeds went to shelters. Do they go to specific shelters or just how do you distribute the proceeds? Well, we have eight shelters and rescues that were nominated by the storytellers. Uh, so those are like, like our main focus. But then we also use the book for perks for other online fundraisers. Shelters and rescues are more, or even veterinary offices who help stray dogs are more than welcome to purchase the book at cost and sell to raise money. I have a donations at work page on the website that people can look at to see where the money is going and how we're helping. If I were a listener who was associated with a shelter and I had a function coming up, I could get your book and sell it at cost and then the profits would go to my organization. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, yes. We do do some book signings for organizations who are local. Three of the ladies have met since met in Portsmouth and they do some fundraising down there as well. But for people who aren't local, I can ship the book out or have it drop shipped right from Amazon if they're ordering, you know, a lot of books. And would I go to a different website if I were going to order the books or how, how could I contact you and learn more about this? Uh, the best way to contact me is through the website. There's a contact form. If for some reason you don't hear back, don't assume I'm not answering. I always answer, assume something went wrong with the form, <laughs> and try again. Or contact me through Facebook. Um, our website page is Rescue Me Tales, so they can get me that way. Chances are, if they Google Val Silver, I'm going to come up. Okay, and one more time, what's the website? It's tap, T-A-P, infinity.com. Okay, and so our, our listeners can go there and they can get all the, the information they need and find out where the book is if they didn't get it while you were talking. Is that right? That's right, and, and I'll thank them in advance for helping us support our mission, and I hope they enjoy the book. 
Well, it's a great book, and uh, anyone who has uh, rescued a dog can really, really uh, empathize with what your humans told you and shared with you. And thank you, Val, for joining us. Max A. Pooch gives you five big tail-wagging wolves for creating Rescue Me. Well, thank you, Keith, for having me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It was really great. And I want to thank Mark Winter, our executive producer and co-founder of Pet Life Radio and the sponsors who make this program possible. And please join us for each and every episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. And be sure to tell your friends about us. And so until we meet again, remember, if you do a good thing for an animal today, your reward will be you have helped to make the world a better place. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.